What up, y'all? You're listening to the Gabacho Borracho U.S. Soccer Talk Podcast with your host, Thomas Miller and Corey Adair. Your go-to podcast for gambling on soccer and hot, hot, hot U.S. men's national team takes. Take it away. Go, go, USA! Gratefully claims it. Distribution. Brilliant. Landon Donovan. Or if things on here for the USA, can they do it here? Cross. And Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored. Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! Certainly through. Oh, it's incredible. Uh, welcome to Gavacho Borracho U.S. Soccer Talk. Um, we had a great podcast for you guys. Um, but before we get to that, uh, Dan Angel has a speech uh, prepared. So go ahead and go, Dan. Yes, thank you, Thomas. Um, I'd like to give some remarks about the Sounders and New York City FC facing off in the Champions League tonight and hope that one of these teams can actually go one step further, win on the final, and finally get an American team into the Club World Cup where we're going to have um, 20 more speeches if that happens. Back to you, Thomas. All right. Um, so, yeah, I got uh, a speech prepared, too, uh, but uh, I'm going to do mine in Spanish. Um, cuando yo era un niño, me gustó mucho el fútbol. Y pues no tenía mamá, como pues tengo mamá, pero no estaba con nos. Y uh, me acuerdo siempre ver con mi abuela y me decía, ¿qué, de, qué deporte más estúpido cuando estaban mirando eso? Pero como me gustó mucho de ver fútbol con ella, porque como eventualmente, como estaba reaccionando conmigo, etcétera, cosas así. Y bueno, extraño mucho a mi abuela. And then um, for our third speech, uh, Corey Adair has uh, something prepared for us. So I'm hand it off to you, Corey. Yeah, I just wanted to thank everybody that gives us a listen on a weekly basis. And even if they don't give us a listen on a weekly basis, the people that just listen in general, I really do want to thank them and show them some appreciation. You know, it is a big year. We do have a World Cup coming up. And I just I. I'm just really thankful. I'm thankful for, for all of our supporters. With that, I think we're ready to go ahead and start the show. Don't you guys think? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think so. Actually, I got uh, a pot of balls here, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and draw who gets to go first and what their topic will be. All right, pick the red ball. <laughs> pick the red ball, and it's going to be Dan. Yes. But you still got to pick it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. So welcome to the show. We were just having some fun there, you know. We all watched the 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 uh, the the World Cup draw, and it was pretty crazy, to be honest. And uh, so, I mean, how are you guys doing this week? I mean, not too bad. Um, seems seems like on um, the World Cup draw lasted about um six hours, but. With what came out of it, things could have been a lot worse um, for the U.S., so there's a lot to like. Yeah, I'd, I'd venture to say that I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think that 
there was a lot more potential for it to go a lot worse than there was potential for it to get a lot better. You know, with, with all things considered, I, I like where we're sitting. I like our potential. I like the potential matchups. I don't know. I, I just, I feel good. I know it's a long ways away, but be honest with you, it's been eight years. I can wait six months. Yeah. We're officially in party mode. We can just like party until, you know, November 21st, I guess. And then we can start freaking out about where we got to play. Like, uh, and you two can start freaking out about getting two televisions going on for <laughs> um, Iowa, Nebraska, as well as on the U.S. Oh, we're already set. I took the tape measure to the living room. The 32 inch TV fits perfectly underneath the TV that's mounted on the wall. There is only a quarter inch of, of overlap and the quarter inch is the frame of the TV anyways. So I already have the ideal setup for both screens, which means I can just leave that TV there for an extra six days because you got dueling matches on match day three anyways. That's true. That's true. I was going to say that we already reached out to whatever network's going to cover. Uh, yeah, they agreed to uh, go ahead and play the Iowa-Nebraska game at 3.30 Central, right after the conclusion of England-USA. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, right? Uh, so, these groups, the way that they've restructured the drawing, there's really no longer a group of death, right? Like, every single group is kind of balanced and interesting. Uh, yeah. USA's group is... England, Iran, USA, and then we have to wait and see. We have to wait and see what FIFA's decision is going to be with Ukraine because they have a game uh, scheduled with Scotland, and then the winner of that will play Wales. Um, so at the earliest, I guess, would be like June when we're, when we're going to know who um, our first game is against. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say that there there. There was probably two or three groups that I would classify as more difficult than the other five or six. I think that there's one that's harder than the rest. So you could quote unquote label it the group of death, but yeah, there's, there really isn't, there isn't anything like our last group stage group in 2014. There's nothing that's that difficult. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you're basing it just off FIFA rankings, if Wales was to advance, the group B that USA is in, you know, everybody would be ranked inside the top 21. Uh, the group that includes a possible Peru is kind of the same. Well, Tunisia, Tunisia is pretty far down, I guess. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, everything's pretty balanced and it's going to make for exciting soccer, I imagine. I think, mm-hmm. I think as of right now, though, that Argentina the Argentina, Poland, Mexico game at face value or Mexico group at face value looks to be the toughest. Yeah. uh, We had kind of talked about, I guess, like that any group Canada would be drawn into would be kind of a group of death, but I mean, I don't know the, the two European teams, Belgium, Croatia, I think Morocco is a solid team. I think they can give Canada a game. Uh, or Croatia game, I mean, so, I mean, 
yeah, like I, all the groups are just pretty balanced. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I really like um the the draw the draw the way it um shook out with um the pots being fairly balanced as far as rankings and I like I like that we have on um, this current system for one last World Cup before they go and ruin it with forty eight teams. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I guess first talking point when it comes to US's group, in my opinion, I desperately don't want to see Ukraine make it. You know, no hate or anything. I just think that I honestly think that they would rally. And I think that it gives us a better chance of England potentially looking ahead from our matchup if it's Wales or Scotland. I don't think it matters which one it is, honestly. I don't know. I've been thinking yeah, about it. No, no, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it it honestly reminds me of the 2011 Women's World Cup when Japan got devastated by the tsunami and the Japanese women's team just took inspiration of that and played their best soccer ever and took out um, two-time defending champion Germany in the quarterfinals and then ended up beating the U.S. some to win that World Cup. Like, yeah, Ukraine could absolutely make a run inspired by um, the tragic situation going on there and they would certainly be the people's champion against whoever they come against. It's pretty much the world versus that nation. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, I know, what's his name, Suchek? That's who plays for West Ham, right, Thomas? Um, Suchek is a Czech. Okay, who's the Ukrainian? Yarmolinko. Okay, he's been doing pretty well when he comes in, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been lifted up like getting standing ovation by opposing fans and then like scoring goals. It's just like, I mean, yeah, it's going to be tough. Like if, if it's the, screen, whole, my, the, the whole reason I brought that up though, is he's not the only player experiencing that. Yeah. There's players at other clubs that are getting those type of ovations and playing out of their minds right now. You get that team together and finally let them play somebody. I don't, I don't want to be that team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially if the war is raging on at that point, it'd just be like, it'd be a buzzsaw. We would have, we'd have no chance really. I mean, I mean, we would have a chance, but like, it would just be something. I mean, would you even really want to be the team that beats Ukraine on the opening day? Because United States is going to play on the opening day of World Cup Mm -hmm. in a primetime slot. It'll be like seven in in England, eight, nine in Europe, 10 o'clock in Qatar. Uh, you know, two, one o'clock here. Uh, I mean, it's going to be pretty wild if it's Ukraine. <laughs> so uh, do, do you feel the same way, though, that if it's not Ukraine, that it doesn't matter which one of those teams, that type of cultural rivalry that both of Wales and Scotland would have with England could create a potential look ahead scenario? Like, what, what, how do you feel about that? That would be like, I mean, that, that's what England should be focusing on because, I mean, like, if I'm not mistaken, like, what is the Olympic, what is Great Britain? <laughs> what is Great Britain? Great Britain's all of them. It's all without, of them, right? With, without Ireland. It's, it's, it's like um, Ted Lasso's line, how many countries are in this country? Four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All three of them are Great Britain. Yeah. So, I mean, 
and, and I think we could play. I think we, I think we could beat Scotland if it was like a NBA finals kind of thing. Four out of seven. I think we would win four out of seven. I think we can beat Wells. Uh, it's just like if Christian Bell goes off or not. Or <laughs> I honestly <laughs> think Gareth Bell, <laughs> not Christian Bell. I honestly think that we have an amazing chance against Wales. Yeah. In all reality, to me, Wales is the poor man's version of Portugal in 20, 2014. Yeah. You know, yeah. one superstar power that if you can control him, then you got a chance to at least draw. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> but and and then there's there's more to the that thought process that I had because England will play at Iran first. And if they have three points, if they're sitting on three points going into Black Friday, then they know it doesn't matter if they get a point or not because three points against their rival gets them through. And I think that creates a potential opportunity for us. Yeah. Uh, I, did, I guess I want to bring up to that, like, I prefer our group draw over Mexico's draw like 100 times over. Like the, the two of the teams I really wouldn't have want to see from pot one would, would be Argentina just because of our history versus them. We've never, we've never done good against Argentina or Brazil. Right. I mean, cause Brazil's the Azan favorite. And then you mix in another European team and then a pretty solid uh, Asian Federation team in Saudi Arabia. If you're, I mean, if you're just like comparing apples, to apples or whatever, I think our draws more favorable than Mexico's draw for sure. I mean, Saudi Arabia does have a tendency to not show up in the world cup. Mm-hmm. Like if memory serves me correctly, they got ripped five nil by Russia last time. Yeah. Opening match. Yeah. So one, one other one, Germany blasted them eight to nil. Yeah. Close. I had a close. I had a hat trick in that one. So, but that said, I, I do prefer our draw to Mexico's, although I don't really think Mexico has that bad of a situation because Poland doesn't tend to show up either outside of Lewandowski and Argentina is aging in the wrong direction. So, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I think Argentina is really my – I am most curious about them. I feel like I have a pretty good read on a lot of these international squads and, and how they're – how they're faring going into this and who I think my dark horses would be and everything. Argentina intrigues me because of that Copa America over the summer. And I just, I don't know. I, they have this tendency of keeping games really low scoring and winning one, nothing lately. And I don't know. I don't know if it's going to bite them in the ass in the group stages or not. Poland, for example, Poland though, Poland, Poland has screwed me opening match day in group stage of their last two major tournaments. They, they, they lost, they, they lost in the first match day of the euros totally ruined a bet. And then Sorry. last year, huh? Sorry. <laughs> oh, was that versus, was that versus that Slovenia? That was against Slovakia. Slovakia. Yeah. 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 Completely shit. The bed screwed me, screwed me over big time. And they've been super underwhelming at world cups too. So and they play Mexico opening match. I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to play Mexico double chance because Poland's probably going to be a heavy favorite going into that day. Yeah. Like 
Hmm. I'm wondering here, has Poland ever actually won their first um game at um, at a major tournament? Because I remember when they were in the U.S.'s group in 02, when they beat the U.S. in the last match, they lost their first two group games. Dude, I'm telling you, they struggle early every group stage of every tournament I've ever watched them in. Let's right, – I'm – I'm going to dive deep into this while we're on while we're on our next topic, just because I'm curious. Take it up, take it up, take it up. <laughs> Don't no, I think I think uh, Roger Bennett shared like a like a I don't know like like a quip from a, it was and I think it was a Polish it was like a Polish waiter who was talking to an English guy. He was like every single major tournament, like Poland has the first game where it's like full of hope or whatever second game must win game third game like let's at least try to get one point <laughs> before we're eliminated or something like that i think i'm pretty sure it was about poland so i think you're right dan that it's like not a good history for them but they're a good team they're a good team i think they're a little different in qualifying they were they're pretty solid in the the two the semifinal and the final they won to get in and they look pretty good. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've got a good keeper. They've got Lewandowski. They've got a few other players that are pretty good, but I don't know. It's just, I, you do that to me more than one time. I'm not going to forget it. I'm going to bet against you the next time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I said, on one of our memorable football um, podcasts, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me seven or more times, you're Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. So, is there? Do you guys have although, any other? Although we might have to change that to Poland. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So Poland. All right. Dating back to the nineteen seventy four World Cup. Let's see. This is all right. Poland has previously made the World Cup on eight occasions, and. In their past six trips to the World Cup, they have not scored a goal in on the first match. Let's see, wow. Let me make make one hundred percent sure that's right. I I hadn't checked the um the last one. Okay, okay, they they did. Okay, they've scored one time in their past some um, six World um, Cup appearances in the first match, but they lost the match to Senegal anyway. So the other five, they were all shut out. Yep. I, it just, yeah, it's something that I've noticed over their last yeah. three major tournaments. So, and two, and in two of those situations, they ended up finishing third, um, third place despite getting blanked in their first match. Right. Because something- 74, 78, and 82, they started all three of those World Cups with a scoreless draw. Well, I appreciate the deep dive. This is definitely something to, Mark in the memory banks when November comes around for betting purposes. I yeah. 100%, I 100% am hammering away at this point. Yeah. Especially because it's Mexico. And if there's one country that has a history in the World Cup of outplaying their abilities, I would say it's Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mexico absolutely punches above its weight in big tournaments. So I, I really like Mexico in that matchup. I. It's because they play Poland in the first matchup. That's why I think that might be one of the. You could probably find an, a plus money 
payout for them to advance out of the group stage because the bookies are probably going to play Poland. Yeah, I, w- I wonder what the line is on um, Mexico double chance for that match because the lines are already out for that first game. Well, you might have to be doing another deep dive, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I'm doing. Who did who did El did a did El Salvador lose ten to zero to Poland in nineteen eighty two? Did Poland? I mean, that was the opening game though. So you only saw one goal since the seventies or something, right? See, yeah, yeah. They've only they've only scored in their first match one time um, in their past um, six World Cup appearances. Sorry, yeah, it's hung. And they, and they lost that match. They lost that match two to one. Yeah. Poland did not play El Salvador. El Salvador lost ten to one to Hungary. Hungary, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, Poland was in, Poland was in a group with Italy, Cameroon, and Peru, mm-hmm. and Poland managed to win that because Italy drew all three of its matches, and only and Poland, despite not scoring a goal in either of its first two matches, won a five-one decision over Peru in the final match. Right, you're you're close though. I mean, Hungary and uh, Poland, pretty much the same thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's see. But 2002, Poland beat South Korea to help us. Is that wrong? Is that wrong as well? Did I say two wrong things in a row? Is that strike one, strike two? <laughs> so, Pol- so. 2002 like actually remember watching this um because my my father got us up at like um 5 a.m to um split firewood and then watch soccer (laughs) so we went into the last match level with south on points and basically all we needed to do was get a result of any kind against poland and we would go through and we end up losing that match to Poland three to one. Like I think we were down um, down a goal within five minutes, and Poland is already eliminated. They had already lost to both South Korea and Portugal. South Korea ended up scoring a otherwise meaningless goal against Portugal to knock Portugal out and send us through with. Oh, okay. Strike one, strike two. It was it so, was tied into Poland. Yeah. Though. That's like a half strike. So yeah, like I actually remember um, because. Both those matches were, of course, going on simultaneously. Thank you, West Germany and Austria in the 1982 World Cup for that. But I remember as my father is getting angrier and angrier at the U.S.'s failure, telling him, all right, this is over. Let's switch this over to South Korea and Portugal um, to see if um, the U.S. can advance that way. And five minutes after we changed the channel, Park Ji-sung scores for South Korea to um, put the U.S. back in the um, mix for the knockout stage. So i got two real quick things here on that story. Do not take offense to this, Dan. It is very difficult for me to picture you splitting wood. I don't... That, that... Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> um, second thing, explain... We had, mach- we had three machines. Oh, you actually... Okay, you had an actual log splitter, hydraulic log splitter. We had several of them. Okay. Okay. That completely changes the work. Yes. Yeah. No, I, 
I wasn't I wasn't picking up an axe and I'm splitting it myself. No, no, I was putting it on a machine and operating a lever. There we go. All right, that totally <laughs> different story. Um, second thing I was going to say about that is the whole strike joke that I made. Uh, me and Thomas have a strike system. I've striked probably. I've had I got like thirty strikes by now. And it's a joke because I will say something absolutely stupid soccer related, like not know a guy who is world famous or not know who this person is or not know what, where that club, what country that club's from or something absolutely ridiculous because I was a novice up until probably eight months ago. And he keeps saying, oh, that's strike one, that's strike two, that's strike three. He's never officially said strike three. Now he just says I have 30 strikes. But the, the, uh, it was moments like what just happened. Checking my notes. Checking my notes. You're on 900 strikes. <laughs> Fair enough. Also, the bookies are a step ahead of, or a step ahead on this one. Mexico double chance is minus 240 only against Poland. What is? Is there a future out for them to advance out of the group? Uh let me go back. Futures. I am on Unibet for this, and. Mexico to, let's see, Group C. Mexico to win the group is plus 400. I think MGM might have to um, advance out of the group. Damn. They're, they're high on Mexico. Yeah, Mexico actually has, has um, lower odds than, Portugal, than Poland. Um, Poland is plus 450. Yeah. Wow. Because of their rank. So because of a couple things, one, because of their ranking two, because these are American sports books and a lot of people here are probably going to want to bet Mexico. That's absolutely true. hundred percent. So Mexico to advance out of the group is minus minus one fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. Poland's only minus 110. Yep. So they actually have Mexico favored to come out of the group. Yeah. Wow. No. Why are the bookies always one fucking step ahead of me? <laughs> I mean, like a for, I mean, for a situation like this, um, it's, it's the audience. Um, yeah. I mean, like there's a lot of people, like now that sports betting is legal in so many states, like there's going to be a lot of people who are Mexico Mexico fans and want to place a bet on their on their team. Like you never want to be on the most popular side. Like it's the same thing in college basketball. Like betting Duke never offers any value because so much of the public is like, I want to be on Duke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 So, right. Same, with- same thing in same thing in baseball with the Yankees. No value there. Speaking of which, USA to advance from Group B is even money. Yeah. I might be willing to put a chunk of change on that. Yeah, it's not uh, a bad play. I'll wait, I'll wait till after to find out if it's Ukraine or not. That plus 550 to win the group is um, a pretty reasonable number. Yeah. 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 Last time we were with England, we won the group with yeah. five points. Yeah. Yeah. And- <laughs> And we lost. I, I, th- I think we're. I think we're going to draw that match with England. I really do. Imagine calling French fries chips. 
Is that an ode to? Did you just do a Ted Lasso right there. <laughs> and since like we went back to the '80s, where there were groups three, uh, kind of leads us into the Concacaf Nations League draw was uh, a couple days after the World Cup draw. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna play two of these games in June. And then we're going to play two more, I think, after the World Cup uh, in 2023. Um, The United States group is El Salvador and Granada. Um, Mexico's group, Jamaica, Suriname. Uh, Group B and Group C are kind of interesting, I guess. You got Costa Rica, Panama, Martinique, Canada, Honduras, and Curaçao. Curacao is a team on the rise. They, similar to Jamaica, they can now grab up, uh, Curacao can now grab, Jamaica can grab up English-born players. Uh, Curacao, I believe it's Curacao, can now grab up uh, Holland-born players who are not good enough to make the Netherlands team. But, uh, okay, so this is our thing. We love CONCACAF. We, we talked about how much we like a good CONCACAF Champions League game and this and that, but like, do you guys believe uh, by the way, I, it's been reported and I think it's, I think it's confirmed that uh, we will also play in June um, two friendlies and it's going to be against Uruguay um, and Argentina. So I just want to know your guys' opinions on like, instead of playing four friendlies versus World Cup teams are very good teams. Um, we are going to instead play a game against Argentina, a game against Uruguay, and then we're going to play El Salvador and Granada. Does that help us prepare for the World Cup? Does that hurt us preparing for the World Cup? Mm, I mean, there's like playing El Salvador is not terrible. There's no real benefit to playing Granada. Mm-hmm. Like, Granada is just not a good team. Like I would, I would have much rather play gotten Curacao or Suriname in our group because Suriname has the same situation as Curacao. They can now get Dutch citizens as well to play for their team, and they're a team that's on the rise. Like, right. That would have actually been a little bit interesting, but Granada is by far the worst of the um of the um pots pot three teams so it's not really going to help much like playing playing El Salvador's defense that might help to um get some practice with locking with trying to unlock on that defense but yeah I'm more excited about the friendlies yeah and I think I think this is a little bit of a give and take situation I I mean friendlies are friendlies yes you're playing against much better competition, whether you're playing their best lineup or not. And odds are we will be playing one of their better lineups because it's during the June time period where there's no club play and everybody's getting prepared for the World Cup. So we probably will get their best lineup. In a typical situation, to me, friendlies are friendlies. Better quality, yeah, but there's no real stake in it. I think there being something on the line against El Salvador and having to play their defense, I think that does have a little bit of value because the game does matter. You know, they do have weight behind them, but we are they are 
like seriously overmatched. So, I mean, it, it's to me, it's a give and take thing. I don't know if I would have necessarily said four friendlies. Maybe if the four friendlies were the two friendlies that we have and then we're playing Netherlands and Belgium, you know, maybe then there's value behind it. <clears throat> but if they're not playing their best lineup, then where's the real value at? You know, like if it doesn't simulate a World Cup match, where's the value? Um, that's, that's the thing. Nobody is going. OK, so this is different from every other World Cup. Usually the European season ends and then there's like an entire month where uh, team uh, nations are going to be in camps and playing all sorts of friendlies. Um, United States is not going to have time in November to play a friendly. They, I mean, they, they're going to be released from Europe and they're going to be playing seven days later. Uh, so in June, and there, it doesn't matter who the friendly was against, as long as it was a, like a solid squad, they're going to, those, those friendlies are going to be as competitive friendlies that you'll ever see. That That's my thought. Because it's going to be a guy, they're going to try to create like a unity with like their starting 11 or, or yeah. figure out who their, who their 11th guy is or whatever. But then also like include when there's like five subs or whatever, five or eight or whatever they do for friendlies now. Like, like it's going to be uh guys that are fringe guys that can either make the squad or not i mean so four friendlies against other world cup squads i i just think it would have been much more beneficial but like i don't know if you like got into it about the give and take but like i mean the nations league thing is is what all the major uh federations are doing now so i mean these games are important for el salvador and you know Honduras and Curacao, Martinique. I don't even know if Martinique has become a FIFA, a FIFA recognized nation yet, or if there's not acknowledged. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it, it, it the, even losing, even if like El Salvador loses like five to zero to the U.S., which that won't happen, by the way, it'll be a very close game. But they're gonna they're gonna go up in ranking, you know, because they're just, I think, losses against good teams. That's why all the European teams are like very high in the FIFA ranking. So we need this. Well, like lo- losses against losses against strong good teams do not help you. Draws do. Draws do. Yeah, lo- losses. No matter who it's against, you score nothing for. But mm-hmm. draws against a good team will help you. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, and I, I did, I did touch on the fact that there is no club play. So odds are they are going to be playing their best lineup. And as long as it is simulating a World Cup match, then they're maybe maybe yes and maybe no, because, I mean, some guys might genuinely need the rest because there isn't going to be any time to get any rest from outside of this window. Yeah, there's a another FIFA break in the first week of September, so. That is like another time where I don't I don't think there's there will be any meaningful soccer games played in that week, but it'll it'll just be friendly. So hopefully we can schedule two. They'll probably be in Europe and against European teams. I think that's what we have to do in September window to uh, prepare because. But is that even going to be possible? Because I mean, I think you I think UEFA's got Nations League. Yeah, UEFA's got Nations League in those match days. 
Damn it. <laughs> Nations League is destroying the United States' is like ability to progress this, this, as a nation. This is another reason why I want to just have a um like not not complete merger, although I'd be all in favor of that, but create a Nations League of the Americas and have the Conbol um, teams join in League A with us. Yeah, I'd much rather see the Nations League be a joint effort and then they can keep their they can keep their Copa America, we can keep our Gold Cup and do yeah. that effort. But Nations League, I could absolutely see value because they use it in Europe for World Cup qualification. They do. So wouldn't it make more sense? I mean, if you only have, what, nine countries in South America and a World Cup qualifying cycle, is it nine or 13? It's 10. It's 10 unless one of them hosts because there are 10 members of um, Comable because um, uh, out of the 13 South – um, South American countries. French Guiana is not an independent nation, and Guiana, Suriname, and French Guiana all play in CONCACAF. Yeah, I know. I've complained about that on the show a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it, it would make so much more sense just to add those 10 nations and make mm-hmm. it an America's conference for Nations League, in all yeah. honesty, because we are so watered down in CONCACAF as it is. What's the difference? I mean, you, you would lift the top up and carry the floor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, I actually ran through all those teams to see what it would be like. And like, we ended up getting a pretty decent um, set of matches. Like, I mean, facing Paraguay, Uruguay, Venezuela, like that would actually be decent preparation. Yeah. Especially if they made this a, I don't know how the setup. I don't personally know how the setup is. You guys might be able to explain it better later on, but if this was, something that took place over a two year stretch or whatever, you know, the qualifying to the tournament, to the finals and all of that. If it's mixed in just right, that is perfect preparation for world cup. Absolutely. All the Americas. Yeah. So basically what it is, is it's kind it's kind of squeezed in um, in years when we're not doing world cup um, qualifying or continental um, cup qualifying. I mean, which, we don't even have to worry about Continental Cup qualifying and neither do the South American nations, whereas the European nations do. But basically it's like in um, every two years competition and for the Nations League finals, it's um, just whichever the teams that top the group, some in League A, advance to the semifinals and play that out. And in all honesty, all 10 of those South American nations would probably replace 10 CONCACAF nations as we see it like today like that you could easily take out the bottom 10 add the 10 South American nations and that group of countries that is a healthy competition I mean there is there's value for Brazil playing Mexico in Azteca there's value there yeah yeah absolutely and when I actually did rank all um put in all of the um combo nations with the CONCACAF nations so in practice, what I did was 16 teams each in League A and League B, and then um, the remaining 20 um, teams going to League C. So we ended up with League A being nine Bowl teams and seven CONCACAF, with Bolivia being the highest-ranked team in League B. That sounds about right. I mean, like if, if we were thrown into, you know, Bowl qualification – I mean, Chile and Colombia didn't make it. You guys think we would beat 
Colombia and Chile. Well, Nations League doesn't qualify all of them. They oh, it, I know. it's just a portion of it. I'm just like giving. So yeah, for for Nations League qualifying, it'd be the winner of each group advances to the semifinals, and the last place team in each group is relegated to League B. Okay. Yeah. So like what I ended up so the groups that Dom I came out with were. Group A, Mexico, Chile, Costa Rica, Panama. Group B, Brazil, Peru, Canada, El Salvador. Group C, Argentina, Colombia, Paraguay, Jamaica. Group D, Uruguay, United States, Ecuador, Venezuela. I think we'd fucking wreck Venezuela. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, we would. Venezuela is a lower level side for sure. You can go ahead and laugh, Thomas. That was a free fucking for all that they went through the last three or four windows in qualifying stage. They fucking sucked, dude. No, Venezuela is not very good, but could the U.S. handle going to Caracas? Yeah, go to Caracas, where they would hate us. Hate us. That's true, too. (laughs) Yeah. It'd be tough, but... I think, I think, I, I mean, Uruguay was two different sides in World Cup qualifying as well. The first half of the qualification cycle, they were pretty bad, and then they got hot in the second half of the cycle, so... Depending on which Uruguay we got, we could have a shot. I think one thing that would be interesting to see there is watch Mexico potentially do better in playing in Bolivia than most South American sides. That's if they, true. If they had enough time to train at elevation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's another thing that, like, in this, in this hypothetical group, I mean, the U.S. having to go to Quito, I mean, that'd be rough. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can go ahead and train in Colorado Springs all we want. It's not going to prepare us. I mean, we'd have, we'd have to train. We'd have to there's a train in Mexico City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think it'd be super interesting. I think you could use that for maybe qualifying, 20, especially because World Cup's expanding in the next site, in the next World Cup. You could use it for 20% of the qualification, 10% of South America, 10% of North America, and then do a different qualification cycle for the rest of the teams. I mean, I, I think there's a way to do this where it benefits everybody. There's value for everybody. And I don't know. I think the only thing that would stop this is South American nations saying this doesn't help us. This waters down our competition. Yeah. But I mean, I think they kind of have to do something because they're not going to get any, um, they're not going to get any good matchups outside of playing themselves over and over again, because Europe is basically becoming a closed system. Yeah. And especially when they expand, what are they going to, they're going to have to qualify three quarters of South America. Mm-hmm. 60%, right? But yeah, I think it is 60%. Thirds, close enough. In like 2030, how many did CONCACAF expand to? Six? Uh, Yeah. That's like, that's insane. I know. Yeah. I mean, well, all right. It only makes, it only makes sense to join the two and take the top, you know, few teams from that and then qualify in a different way for the rest of them to make it a healthier competition, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, like, the CONCACAF fear would be in a 32-team sort of thing, Mexico or USA or even Canada at this point doesn't qualify. But, like, if it's 12 out of the entire Western Hemisphere for qualifying, like, I'm pretty sure USA could finish 11 or 12 at minimum <laughs> you know and i mean that's what it's all about the world cup is tickets like usa and mexico buy a ton of, a ton and a ton of ton, 
ton of tickets. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, you guys got any more thoughts on, um, I guess, the Nations League? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the June window. I, I'm looking forward to those two friendlies. I'm looking forward to getting our guys into a camp and building some chemistry. I've already heard Burhalter say that that June time period is beyond critical for them to build team chemistry. And he said, he's going to call everyone up. So the Joe Scullies that aren't getting called up, you would assume he's talking about that because that's who he's usually referring to when he gets questioned about things. It's almost always about Joe Scully. So when he says I'm calling up everybody, I'm assuming that's one of the names he's talking about, but he said, he's going to call everybody up and get everybody involved and get everybody playing together to try to build chemistry. So I, I'm really looking forward to that June, June window. Right. I don't know. Did, uh, what, what was the next thing we wanted to kick off there? I do have one random thing, but it kind of backtracks, but was there any other major things that we wanted to talk about? You have a game for us, Thomas, this week? Uh, I have games, but let's go ahead. We've already done a bunch. So if you have something to talk about, let's do it. If not, let's just go to our picks. All right, so I saw this on Twitter today, and I think that this is actually a really valid point. Could this USA-England game be the most viewed televised soccer game in the United States television history? Men's game. No, Well, I mean, just in USA eyeballs on TVs. Yeah, but it'll be, it'll be qualified as men's game because I believe the – like, what was it? Like Canada versus U.S. women's or England versus U.S. women's? It was like 750 million. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it could be because, um, as I've seen, uh, there's could be 700 million. There's not even 700 million people in this country. Well, I don't know what I saw then. <laughs> I'm, say- I'm, I'm strictly saying... United States television purposes, because we talk about the USA TV money, right? And it's USA TV money that's going to build soccer in this country. If it's ever going to take off and catch fire, it's going to be because of US TV money. People in the United States watching their televisions. Yeah. That's the driving force. Could this USA England matchup on Black Friday when nobody has to work, everybody's sitting at home, everybody gets the football. (laughs) Yeah, no, there's definitely football. Uh, we fucking know that. Fuck that shit. That's the a fucking thing I've seen is that there's no football. There's there is, no that's a 50-year tradition, bitch. <laughs> no, it will be. I, it's a serious. This is this is an actual serious question for me. I I think it'll be the most watched soccer game US television, USA television history. I think it will be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Uh, 2 p.m. Eastern kickoff, Black Friday, 1 Central. I think that 2 p.m. kickoff might. I'm not sure if it's going to hurt it or help it. Most people are done shopping by noon. I'm not worried about the shopping. I'm worried worried about it going up against football. Well, who? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's going to be football regardless. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State played on Black Friday this year. Uh, Nebraska, Iowa. No, they played on Saturday. What other games did play other than Nebraska, Iowa? Um, Houston, Memphis. I don't know. 
Okay. USA would get more. I'm not sure, but <laughs> like the point the point I was trying to make there is I think that the I think it would definitely happen if this match was starting at 11 a.m. Eastern because then it wouldn't have to go up against most football at all. Right. Yeah. Like, I think there's still a chance that it could happen because the, rec- the record is on the 2014 World Cup final um, between Argentina and Germany. And that, and that was 27 million viewers. And 20, yeah, the 2014 one. How many million? Yeah. 27 million. The, the US, U.S. Some women um, against Japan in the 2015 Women's World Cup final was second at 26.9 million. I think we can beat that on Black Friday because it's not a Saturday. Like, it's not going up against Michigan, Ohio State. It's not going up against well, Oklahoma State. It's not going up against well, Auburn. The question is, who is it going up against besides um, Iowa and Nebraska? Nobody else played during Nebraska and Iowa's time period. There's only there's only three or four games on Black Friday. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, if if that's the case, then yeah, it's definitely possible. Because yeah, the the average the average um, sports fan is going to t- tune into USA um, soccer for sure. Yeah. All right. Ooh, that could that could be bad. What? So it's it could it could be going up against Florida and Florida State if. If the Seminoles still suck, then that's going to help. But if both of those teams are good, that could be a problem. They both suck. (laughs) I mean, FSU did suck for sure this year. Florida wasn't much better. But you never know. Yeah, I don't know. Luckily, it's not going up against the Iron Bowl. It's not going... It's not going up against um, the Apple Cup. It's not going up against the game. Paul Bunyan's axe. Most of those things are on Saturday, so that should help. So I don't know. I think I think it has a fighting chance, even against a few. Of the, I mean, there's there's a few of those games where there it has no chance, but mm-hmm. I think it has a fighting chance against a few of them. I mean, it's once every four years, and people turn this shit on that you wouldn't expect, they and do. it's going to get a ton of hype. They do. Yeah, and and especially it being at a time where um most people can watch. Yeah, the vast majority of people can watch it on that at yeah. that time. Because I mean, us playing England in the 2010 World Cup is nowhere in the top ten. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think uh, I think it will be the most viewed. Men's I, I think it's got a shot. I think it will. I think it will at least be number six. <clears throat> I think it'll at least get twenty million. I think that's a good number. I mean, especially especially if we do something unthinkable and you get twenty million people watching it. That's that's huge. That's huge yeah. for the future. I, I think I think in order for us to in order for us to break it, I think what's going to need to happen is the U.S. has to get a result in the first match. Yeah. Like, if we get at least a point and we're playing 
England for a chance to get on top of the group, then I think we will break the record. I also think it depends on what channel it's on, because if they keep putting it on FS1, maybe not. But if it's on Fox, it's going to be on Fox. It'll be on Big Boy Fox. 100%. Yeah, there's no, chance, there's no chance that this will be on anything but Fox. I hope so. I hope it, so. It's the U.S. Like the U.S. is going to get bigger ratings than any college football game. Like that's not even a question. Right. Like the the number the number of of soccer fans in this country, just soccer fans in general, might not be bigger than the number of college football fans, but the number of U.S. soccer fans when the World Cup is happening will be bigger than um, any college football fan base. Yeah. Yep, I would agree. I agree, too. It was just something that I was thinking about. I saw it on Twitter. I was thinking about got me a little excited. Figured we'd talk about it. Yeah. But, all right, um, anything else anybody wants to touch on before we go to our picks? Um, let's go to our picks. What's up, everybody? This is Thomas Miller, and I just wanted to let you know that the Gabacho Borracho U.S. Soccer Talk podcast is sponsored by Moneyline Dice. Moneyline aims to revolutionize the sports betting market through the creation of both functional and novelty products that sports bettors of all levels will enjoy. Spotted by its golden peaks, the Moneyline logo symbolizes winning and winning big. Feature products include Moneyline Sports Betting Dice, Moneyline Sports Betting Pocket Notebook, Snapback Hat, and more. Use promo code CODA10, K-O-T-A-1-0, to receive a 10% discount on your next order. That's promo code CODA10, K-O-T-A, for 10% off your next order at MoneylineDice.com. Now let's get back to the show. Every week, the last segment is going to be our picks of the week. And I have a couple picks for tomorrow for Europa League. Do you guys have anything to play for tomorrow? No? No? Okay, I'll just I'll make these plays quick. I'm, the episode might not come out by then, but it's fine. We'll, we'll make sure admin isn't a lazy piece of shit tomorrow and gets the plays out regardless. So, um, <laughs> what's that? And yet, and yet another e, e for explicit rating. Oh, yeah. Dang. I, I did pretty good today so far, though. But yeah. um, I'm just looking at admin schedule. He does have a Quidditch uh, tournament tomorrow. So, just, uh, I mean, 
anytime you want to bet to get out, just assume that he does have a Quidditch tournament. So, you know, just yeah. go ahead and add, add the admin at the GB USA pod account. Okay. He was playing a real sport. I would take it serious. It is a real sport. Anyways, I do have. If you can't place a bet on who's on, on, the, the, on it, then it's not a real sport. <laughs> All right. So I do have two plays for tomorrow. My first play, and I know me and Thomas have do- talked about this, and I know Thomas personally is taking this too. I am going to take West Ham money line tomorrow at even money. They are playing the first leg of their Europa quarterfinal match at home against Lille. And they're going to have to get a result there to have a lead going into their second leg matchup in France. So West Ham's form has not fallen off completely lately. They are still West Ham and it's still a French league team. So I think West Ham wins that. I think that's probably going to be my play of the day tomorrow even. Um, And then my second play also tomorrow is... Barcelona plays at Frankfurt. I'm going to take Barcelona double chance just because they are on the road. I'm not going to risk it with the money line. But if you add on under three and a half goals, which they'll probably try to keep that low scoring, knowing that they have a home match potential still after that. Um, And if you add on over five and a half corners, which six corners is not very hard to do, that comes out to even money as well. So two even money plays for tomorrow. I'm just going to throw in a little correction. They play Lyon. Olympic de Lyon. Oh, yeah, it was Lyon. Is there much difference? Well, I don't know. Lille won the French League last year, so. <laughs> I mean, it, it, there is a difference. There's, it's a completely different team. But, yes, West Ham money line. I like that one, too. Even money as of, like, 7 in the morning. This morning. It's still even money. I was just checking. I just added it to my slip. Nice, 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 nice. All right. Uh, so I'll go ahead and kick off our weekend plays, I guess. Uh, mine, um, I'm just doing what I've been doing on soccer here recently. I'm, I'm kind of looking for value bets. Um, they're not going to be too many parlays. Uh, there are a couple, I guess, in my picks uh, overall. But uh, my first stop is going to be in the Premier League. Um, on I believe Sunday morning, Leicester City hosts Crystal Palace. Um, MGM currently has the Leicester City money line at, at plus one twenty. Um, Palace hasn't been great away from home. Um, three wins, six draws, five losses. Leicester City has been holding form uh, at home. Uh, seven wins, three draws, four losses, and most of them have been against, you know, kind of the big boys. So I think this is kind of like an undervalued uh, Leicester City money line. So uh, Leicester City money line plus 120. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I can get down with it. Somebody go. <laughs> All right. So for my next play, I'm going to go Union Berlin double chance and under two and a half goals against Erta. It is the Berlin Derby, and we don't play all that well on the west side of Berlin. But that being said, Erta has been terrible in attack lately. So I think that this is going to either finish 1-1 or 1-0 to us, or it could could very well be a scoreless draw. 
Either way, I don't see much coming out of this match. Um, I think this is going to be a poorly played dome fixture on both sides. And I think that we're going to be able to come out with a point in a low scoring match. So plus 132 to take Union double chance and under um, given Erta's struggles, I think makes a lot of sense. Um, All right. So mine are organized into days over the weekend and my Friday play is going to be Sevilla and Granada. Sevilla team total under two and a half goals versus Granada. Uh, Sevilla hasn't scored more than two goals in like over a month. It feels like they just aren't scoring goals in general. Their form is kind of slipping. So I'm going to ride that trend. And then I'm going to take Stuttgart and Dortmund, both teams to score. Out of the last five times I've played that, I've hit with Dortmund. No, the last six times I've hit four times with Dortmund matches both teams to score. When you play those two together, it comes out to plus 108. Yeah, keep going to the well. Yep, go to the well. Um, my next play is um, in La Liga. I'm going to take um, the Mallorca double chance um, at home versus Atletico um pretty positive atletico is going to go ahead and rotate some players uh um one thing that's going on that's a little different um from years past um champions league returns next week uh right away with the re- the the return fixture so i think uh atletico still has a still has a chance to um you know uh beat out Manchester City. They only lost one to zero. So I think they're going to rest a couple guys. Uh, also, Mallorca beat Atletico um, and in Madrid uh, uh, earlier this year. Uh, Mallorca is right on the um, precipice of a relegation, but uh, the reason that they are is because of uh, their away form. Um so I really like that Mallorca double chance. That's minus 115, so you got to pay a little bit of juice, but um, I think it's worth it. Also, I really, really could see a 0-0 zero to zero draw or a 1-1 to one draw, and that draw is plus 225. That's not the one I'm going to play, though, because, like, playing a draw is pretty, pretty dangerous, pretty wild. So, But what I am going to play is that Mallorca double chance, minus 115. Okay. Um... I think for my next play, I am going to dip into MLS, which usually doesn't work out too well, but let's hope. So I'm going to say Portland and under two and a half goals against Vancouver, because actually, I think I'm just going to, I think I'm just going to play the under and I'll just leave Portland out of it because I don't know. I mean, Portland's form has been a little bit inconsistent. Um, and the under on this match is a straight even money. And four of the past five matches between these teams have finished one nil. Yeah. And Portland has scored exactly one goal in, I think, five straight matches. So if I do get aggressive and play Portland um, in under two and a half goals, that's going to come out. That'd come out to be plus 525. I don't know if I need to be that aggressive when even money for um, under two and a half goals is sitting there. So I think I might sprinkle Portland in under two and a half, but my main play here is going to be um, the under at um, plus 100. 
I like even money plays. Yeah, that's a good play. I love it play. All right, my my next one is I'm going to take Aston on this one's on Saturday. I'm going to take Aston Villa and Tottenham both teams to score. Uh, neither of those teams are getting shut out very often, and they're also not shutting other teams out often. And when they play each other, they both tend to score. I believe I have that one pulled up. Yeah. Uh, Aston Villa has actually been shut out. And they, I mean, in the shutouts, it was Aston Villa versus Arsenal. I'll chalk that up to Arsenal being be decent that day, even though they look like shit against Crystal Palace. And then they shut out Leeds United like a month ago when. Leeds United was in free fall and they shut out Southampton. Tottenham isn't that type of team. And then Tottenham only shut out Brighton and Everton and Everton isn't an absolute free fall right now. So I don't know. I, and there's only been one team shut out the last five times they played each other. So I like, I like both teams to score in this one. And I'm parlaying that with Real Madrid money line at home against Getafe. And that comes out to plus 147. Nice. Yeah. That sounds like a really well thought out play. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Because like, yeah, looking at it, Aston Villa. Yeah. I mean, everything you said is, is like perfect. Um, I'm going to MLS on uh my next pick as well. Um, I think I've decided that my 2022 fade is going to be the San Jose earthquake. Um, so uh, San Jose visits Houston this weekend. Uh, this season, Houston has not lost at home. And uh, San Jose has not won, like, either at home uh, nor away. Um, so I'm going to take that uh, money line for Houston. And then I'm going to pair it with, um, the Red Bulls versus Montreal, um, and this is like kind of opposite of what I just said uh, uh, about trends. Uh, Red Bulls have not won at home yet, <laughs> but um, uh, I think they're just like a better team than Montreal. And um, Montreal's got like a pretty weak, weak, weak defense. So like this might be the time for Red Bulls to break out and get a win at home, multiple goals scored possibly. Um, the Houston money line, Red Bulls money line is at plus 175. Nice. Yeah, San Jose hasn't even put a goal home on the road this year. And that and that includes a friendly against um against USLI to Oakland. So yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um I think I might um throw in Houston to win to nil on that one at plus two hundred. Yeah. Yeah. San Jose is really bad. They're like yeah. Last year's FC Cincinnati. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Also, this is um interestingly enough, the former earthquakes against the current earthquakes yeah. <laughs> of the Dynamo's bizarre history. Yeah. All right. Um I'm going to um go into the Premier League for my next pick. And I am going to take a both teams to score on Southampton and Chelsea at even money. And Southampton has actually really been a thorn in Chelsea's side whenever they've played each other. Um, going, going back over on their 
past few meetings, Southampton has hit the net six straight times against Chelsea. So both teams to score has hit five times. And yeah, I think that this is a situation where that's going to continue. And I think getting even money for that kind of situation offers a very large amount of value. Yeah. Wait, well, okay. What was the play real quick? Just what line are you taking again? Southampton, Chelsea, both teams to score. Yeah. Chelsea's Chelsea's been kind of in a free for all. And then honestly, Outside of these last two matches, it was always their defense that you count on. These last two matches, you can't even count on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you're hoping that they score more so than they concede compared on what they've done the last two matches. So, yeah, I like it. I was trying to figure out a way to fade them this weekend, honestly. <laughs> I think that yeah. might be the play. They upset you? Yes, they hurt me. <laughs> they hurt you? <laughs> right in your heart? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I expected That's a low-scoring game. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Sorry. Dude, my, I had two plays of the day with them involved over the last five fucking days, and both of them lost. And they're the only two plays of the day that I've lost in the last week and a half. You're a heck of a lot better at that than I am. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it. some days I, I, I drink a little bit of juice. Some days I don't. I also have the most plus money wins so far. So how, many, how so many do you have? It's either three or four now. Okay, so you're one ahead of me then. Yeah, you're the only other one that's hit multiple, by the way. <laughs> and yet I'm the one with the running gag of Fulham not being able to win any of these damn plays. Yeah, dude. Like that, And honestly, I'm probably going to use that Barcelona one as um, my play of the day tomorrow. And that's even money. Good enough for plus money for me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, I think I'm doing baseball for my play of the day tomorrow. You let me know what your play of the day for baseball is tomorrow because I got a $25 free bet on MGM for it. You going to fade it? No. Oh, no, no, no. I was going <laughs> to fade it. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, move. With, with my track record, I don't know. <laughs> um, with my next play, I I made a futures bet. Me and Thomas both put our futures bet out on the <laughs> interweb this week. So... I am pushing that into fruition and I am taking draw no bet Liverpool at Manchester City for plus 150. This is the last time they play each other, right? Um, yeah, in the league. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, play in league play. They play next weekend as well. I mean, the weekend. Yeah, but I thought Liverpool Liverpool's three points behind them, right? One point behind them, I think. One point behind them. Um, so they really need a win. They need a win. If they want to win the league, they need to win. Yeah. I think at least they get a draw. So um, I'll take I'll take the chance, take draw no bet plus 150. Right. <clears throat> yeah. All right. So for my this is the last one I have. Um League MX, uh, where I've done well. Um, I'm taking Lyon, Club Lyon. Uh, on the road uh, Saturday the 9th which is three days from now and today is Wednesday so yeah it's Saturday sorry uh, I'm very dumb uh, on the road at uh, Atletico San Luis um, here's the thing with Leon 
they haven't been great in in La Clausura, but like they have won three straight road games. Uh, the last uh, road game that they didn't win, um, they got a red card um, pretty early on in the second half, and that's why they lost. Um, Atletico San Luis is not a good team. Uh, I think their only win this year is against uh, Mazatlan, which is like probably the only team that's worse than um, Atletico at this point. And uh, that money line is plus 165. I really feel like I really, I'm really feeling this Leon money line for sure. If we can get it at the end. All right. So I'm going to go with my next play for one of the more reliable bets in MLS, quote unquote. And I am going to back an over um, for El Trafico. Yes. I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm going to push. I'm actually going to push show them over three and a half at plus some 130 because these teams just love to put goals on the board. Like last year, they played out a um, three, three match. Um, and the Galaxy have been putting up decent numbers. I'm not sold on LAFC's um, defense. So, yeah, I think there's going to be several goals scored um, for both sides. Should be good conditions um, out there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting at least four to fly into the net here. You played the over three and a half? Or the... Over three and a half, yeah, plus 130. I, I just don't think the, the value is good enough um, at um, – for over two and a half at minus one eighty five, given what these teams can do against each other. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you mentioned the conditions. It's always a fast track. Yeah, and yeah, it's just like it's our yeah. It's a crazy atmosphere every time too, which I think sometimes leads to goals, especially in the MLS. So I love it. Yeah, and I mean seven seventy degrees. Um, like as opposed to some of these other um northern locations where teams are facing harsh conditions this is going to be perfect conditions for an over. Right. I like it. I love it. All right. I've got one more play and we have done such a good job of avoiding each other, all three of us in all of these plays. And I have tried to figure out a way to avoid doing it. I'm going to make the original play. Uh, I'm going to take Bacham at home and Leverkusen, both teams to score. Bakum's the one that I'm worried about here scoring. Leverkusen concedes it more than enough goals for Bakum to score. I'm taking the risk because Bakum's the home team. Leverkusen should score at least one, if not two. In fact, the play should probably be Leverkusen over one and a half. But um, I'm going to take both teams to score, and I'm going to parlay that with Crystal Palace double chance. I They fucked me good this week, and they've been playing really well lately, at home and on the road. Um, and that comes out to plus 167. You played the Palace double chance, yeah. Oh, yeah, that does go extremely directly against me. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, we didn't talk about it before. No, I'm just saying, I'm I don't care. I, I mean, Bakum's finding the net pretty well. I think that's got a good chance. Well, it's it's more about the Leicester play. I, dude, I, I, I tried to piece together something with Marseille so I could play that instead. I hate French League so much. Um, <laughs> it's, hard. it's hard to cap. Dude, so Marseille versus Montpellier. Marseille's won five in a row. Montpellier is like 
mid to bottom tier, like mid to bottom half, like their bottom half tier right now. And Marseille money line is like minus 200. But every time I do that in French league, it just fucks me. But I went and looked and in their last five matchups, both teams have scored easily. And then uh, I went and looked and Montpelier has three of their last five games. Somebody hasn't scored, but two of those three were them. But Marseille, both teams have scored in all five of their last matches. So, I mean, I don't, and that's the thing. I don't want to go against you. It's just Crystal Palace screwed me so good and looked so good against Arsenal. I want to make money off of them. And Leicester's, a, Leicester's like the team I love betting on and I've hit the most bets on. So, no, I don't blame you. I, I understand it completely. Yeah. I think I made money off uh, Crystal Palace too. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You, money. yeah we, we were opposite on that. That's why I was shocked to hear you say Leicester money line. No, yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling Leicester these days. Yes. But yeah. I, don't I mean I mean you want to talk hard to cap. Um like the best bet all year for the longest time had been Ajax on wind and ill. Yeah. And suddenly that's gone completely off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> like like Ajax has given up nine goals in its past five matches and 14 goals on the entire season. So to here, to give myself, to give myself an out here. Um, I mean, I'm going to make that play and we are going to go against each other, but you can hit and I can still hit and still be okay because I'll do the Bauckham Leverkusen, both teams to score. And then I'll parlay. I'll also parlay that with the Marseille Montpelier, both teams to score. And that's plus one, one ninety seven, almost plus 200. So we'll, We'll we'll make it work out. If uh, Leicester wins, we're good. It'll be it'll all be good. Yeah. There you go. I think I decided at some point that I'm never gonna bet both teams score ever again. Like every time I do, I swear. Like I wish I could track it somehow, but like I never hit that. I never hit that one. Ever. Both teams score. Both teams not score. Pretty solid. But both teams score. Something always messes it up. Yeah. See, I I don't know. I think I hit both teams to score more than I hit both teams not to score. Yeah. But I think I only hit both teams to score at like a 65% clip. It's not like I hit it drastically. Like I said, I've played it six times in the last eight weeks with, with Dortmund, and I've hit it four. So there's two there that I didn't hit it with. I played both teams not to score two times in a row with Arsenal and got fucked on. So... Uh, I mean, it. Oh, by the way, Ajax win to nil this weekend is like a cinch. Rotterdam has won one game away from home, tied for, lost six, seven goals they've scored in those 11 games. Ajax is uh I actually win like six to one. Yeah, like six to one, yeah. You're right. But I mean, yeah, like a handicap or some minus three handicap. Yeah. Rotterdam is like one of the worst teams in the yeah. Although when they played earlier this year, Ajax only won that one one nil. But was it I mean it was there, it was at Rotter whatever yeah, I know, I know. Rotterdam. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. So that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Isn't is uh that's Air Divise, right? That is Air Divise. So that's the same as uh go ahead Eagles. Yeah, that is. Go ahead, Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles fans say. It's like fourth and one. They're like, go ahead, Eagles. <laughs> That'd be hilarious to see go ahead, Eagles, play a friendly against the Union just to confuse the hell out of the Philly fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm fresh out of place. All right, I got one more. So I was talking, I was talking about this one with um, with um, my friend Will Pelagic, who is the play-by-play man for Charlotte FC, after I successfully played, um, speaking of Philadelphia, played them in under three and a half goals, saw them and dashed that one pretty nicely. And we were talking about this match and how Atlanta just has not played well on the road at all this year. So... I'm going to play Charlotte to win to nil um, at home against Atlanta at plus 475. Like, I, I think this is a nice bounce back spot for on the, for on the Royals. I don't know if they're, if they're the Royals, the crowns or whatever nickname they're using. They've got a lot of different ways they can go there, but whatever. I think Charlotte can bounce back here. I think they can get one goal and hold Atlanta scoreless because Atlanta just does not look like itself right now. And I think going into that atmosphere, it's a national TV game. Charlotte really wants to even up the score after going to Atlanta, losing that first match two to one. And like these cities just do not like each other anyway. Like the I-85 rivalry is real in multiple sports. And I think this is going to be a hostile environment for Atlanta. And I think Charlotte can pull the upset here. I like it. I like that. Like, Yeah. Atlanta United will give up a goal or two. They love to give up goals mm-hmm. on the road or at home. They they cannot not give up goals. So yeah, I like that bit for sure. Yeah. Also, also had had to um, name drop Will um because today's his birthday. So happy birthday, Will. <laughs> Do you got anything else, Corey? Nope. Nope. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, I guess that's it. Um, thanks for joining us. And uh, you guys want to do any sort of sign off? No, just uh, we'll 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 see y'all next week. You I mean, know. I don't think to the um pre- to the president of FIFA speech yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we didn't even explain that. By the way, that was a joke because of all the. The, in the beginning of the episode, the speeches was a joke from when they drew for CONCACAF Nations League. They drew for the World Cup. They had to do 15 speeches before. So the event was supposed to start at, say, noon. And the first pick wasn't made until 1240 because of all the speeches. So that And, and, then, and then the first um, nine picks were all red balls where we already knew um, what it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was entertaining. Um, but no, we'll 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 see you all next week, and you know, hopefully our plays go well. I know that we're just we're all counting down the days till November twenty first. <laughs> yep. All right, see you guys. See ya.